Hello, everyone. Welcome to this very first episode of Startup Today. This is your host, Nate, and today we have a truly fabulous guest. Dr. Fabrizio Mancini is America's number one healthy living media expert and a world-renowned chiropractor. He is also an international best-selling author of The Power of Self-Healing, as well as the host of the Fab Life podcast. Having inspired millions of people on Dr. Phil, Fox News, and CNN, he's currently uh, come up with his essential health packs providing all natural nutrients. Without further ado, Dr. Mancini, it is an honor to have you inaugurate this podcast series. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with you because I think right now is probably one of the most opportune times that we all have. Uh, so let's get going. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Mancini, as you know, uh, this podcast is dedicated to young people like myself who probably are approaching completion of their studies and uncertain of their next steps in life. How was this period of transition for young Fabrizio? Well, you know, I was very blessed that I knew what I wanted since I was very young. Uh, I had a dream when I was 16 years old that I wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So even though I was offered an opportunity to go into sports, um, I decided to go into doctoring because uh, it's what my dream was. And I remind individuals today that all the answers are right inside of you. Mm. And many of us have dreams, but then we allow other people to take them away from us. And what I've often said is just because you have a dream doesn't mean that other people have to accept it. You need to accept it. And I remember my dear friend, Wayne Dyer, uh, and Wayne said to me one day, he asked me a question and he said, what do you think is the greatest treasure in the world? And I often thought about it and I said, is it Le Louvre? Is it the Vatican? Is it some bank? Is it, you know? And he said, no, it's a cemetery. Wow. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, because in a cemetery, you have the greatest wealth of people that die with their dreams is still inside of them. Wow, of all places. You know? and, Incredible. Uh, and imagine that those people could have been not only great artists, they could have been great inventors, great scientists, great business people, great, mm. uh, you know, and that's where I believe as a young person, no one was really telling me that. No mm. one was reaffirming that no matter how wild my ideas were, they were my ideas. And it was up to me to search and see if it made sense, you know? So in many ways, it was a journey for yourself, with yourself, kind of exploring those uh, wildest dream within you and seeing which one suits your uh, nature and which one is worth taking into reality. Well, and also one of the things that I had to fight was distractions, mm. you know, whenever you have an idea, and this is what happens many times when we start a new business, right? When we start a new business, we have a new idea and we want to bring some value to the world. And then all of a sudden things are difficult. You know, the first year of most businesses, as you know, is not Definitely. easy. Yeah. In fact, most studies have shown that over 80% of all new businesses fail. And the reason that they fail, at least one of the main reasons that I've discovered, is what I call distraction. 
Distractions mm. is when you start a business and it's not working very well. And then you begin to second guess yourself. Should I have started that business? Should I have borrowed that money uh, on a loan? Should I have uh, quit my other job to do my business? So all of that uncertainty begins to creep in. And then what happens? You don't put the focus that you initially did. You begin to look at other ideas to say and compare them. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do this. And all of that takes away from the singleness of purpose, from the focus that would allow you to be very successful if you would have just stuck through it. Because wow. they say, by the time we reach our end, that we just don't think that we can go any further is usually where breakthrough lies. Certainly. Wow. Certainly. And you mentioned distractions as a major enemy to unleashing those ideas. And uh, we see the enemy, but let's see who is our ally. Can you, uh, would, would you give one quality, would you highlight one quality as a crucial one for successful start into adult and dependent life, but also into a, you know, a position where you can unfold and kind of open those boxes within your mind where all your ideas are. What is that one quality? Well, as I've evaluated many people and I mentor some of the most successful people in the world, I can tell you that one quality is discipline. Mm. Discipline is as simple as that. Committing to what you said you were going to do. The number one reason that I've discovered why most businesses fail is a lack of discipline. That means that you don't endure the difficult times because all of a sudden you think it's better somewhere else. And yeah. that's the reason I mentioned the word distraction. So when my son, uh, he was a tennis player and mm -hmm. he was very disciplined since he was eight years old. And uh, his coaches would always tell me you know, that the reason he was so successful was because he always gave more than he was expected to give. So to me, discipline is when you recognize that your outcomes should never be based on someone else's expectations but yours. Mm -hmm. You should have totally. higher expectations than your parents would ever give you, than your grandparents would ever give you, than your bosses will ever give you than leaders in that industry will ever give you because you're in control of only you. Mm -hmm. So what I told my son is that it doesn't matter what you do in life. I know that you'll always be successful because you will stay committed to your goals. Now, being a tennis player, many times you have to play outside most of the time. Yes. Well, you have to play through rain and through very hot sun and conditions that are not exciting. Yeah, I remember sometimes it would get so hot that he would get cramps in his whole body where he wow. had to stop playing because it was so painful. But that didn't stop him. He realized that the journey to success will always have adversity because mm. it's only through adversity that we're able to grow out of our comfort zone into our destiny. Mm -hmm. See, most of us are comfortable in a, in a particular area, and we talk ourselves into that's good enough. Uh, you know, I should feel good about myself. But why think like that? Why not be grateful that if I've been able to do this this short of a time, 
what else could be available to me if I just push myself a little bit? Wow. And, and that's why I think it's important that discipline becomes a very critical factor. And all discipline is, is committing to doing what you said you were going to do regardless of the circumstances that are facing you. You know, you run out of money, you come up with creative ways to make some extra money, to maybe mm-hmm. get a loan or to maybe get an investor. Yes, so many alternatives. let money stop you. Wow. Yeah. Um, honestly, in many ways, it does seem like, uh, you know, discipline itself is the antidote to destruction, which you mentioned earlier. It's fascinating. You know um, why? Yeah. Anthony Robbins taught me a very good lesson when I was a very young man. And he said to me that your success in anything or your outcomes on anything is depending on one thing. Guess what that is? Mm, I'll give my best shot here. Um, Courage. Your focus. Focus. Mm. So having some sort of tunnel vision. (laughs) What you focus on is what dictates how you feel. So you're in a relationship right now, and Mm -hmm. it's a great relationship, but it's not a perfect relationship, right? Because we're not perfect beings. But if all of a sudden they do something that uh, frustrates you, let's say Mm -hmm. that they're always late. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're going to say, that's it. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore because you're focusing on them being late. Mm-hmm. But there's 95% of that relationship that may be very good, right? Yeah. So what I tell people when they have arguments as a couple is you're focusing on the imperfections of the others. So what attention. Shifting that yeah. into, focus on what you like about them. Yeah. So what I have them do is that I have them only talk to each other about positive things, never criticizing or judging one another, mm-hmm. but complimenting each other. And what happens, your focus changes into the positive. And even though I may have some issues, you're going to focus on the positive. And then that would allow us to work through our issues without saying, no, we got to split up. This is never going to work. I'm mm-hmm. tired. I want somebody else, etc." Now in business, the focus is what allows your discipline to really exist. Because the focus means I'm not going to lose focus on my outcomes, what I said I was going to do, what mm-hmm. my goals are, what my mission is. That's my focus. Now, once you're driving through the road of success, you're going to be hit with storms, lightning, wind. Most definitely, you're going to yes. be hit with all these distractions, all these circumstances, but you got to stay focused on your outcomes, mm-hmm. focus on your goals. And that's what creates discipline. So the discipline, is not only on your behavior, on what you're doing, but it's also on your mindset, meaning don't lose sight mm. of that focus that you said you were going to do and the purpose behind it. And then that would allow you to drive through all the obstacles that most people quit before they ever become successful because it's difficult. No one said that success was easy. No one has ever said that. I have never heard an interview with a successful person that said, oh, yeah, I just opened my business and everything was perfect. Mm. I just wrote my first book and everything was perfect. It never happens like that. You have to go through experiences, challenges, circumstances, adversity in order to recognize that your 
vision, your purpose, your company, your business is worth it. And you owe it to yourself to see it through. And that's what makes successful people really stand out. Wow, incredible, incredible. And we're talking about adversity and in a way we're glorifying adversity. I've taken some time to understand more about your past as well. And I've come to realize you moved to the US when you were very young, right? And you didn't know the language and it, it was a new place for you. And personally, I resonate with the same story. I moved to the UK when I was 13, initially experiencing a good deal of culture shock. As you grew up, do you consider that immigrant background as a beneficial factor or was it an inhibitory factor to you? You know, it's interesting and it's a great question because when I moved to the United States many times, uh, people that were Latin American, they will be judged. And especially I moved to Miami, uh, which were a lot of Latin Americans, but they weren't considered necessarily Not the best stereotypes, yeah. very success and the best class, etc. So one of the things I realized was that I needed to focus on what I could control, not what other people mm -hmm. were saying. My mother and father said to us that the reason we were moving to the United States is so we have more opportunities. Right. So I took that very seriously. I came to the United States looking for more opportunities than my parents had, more mm. opportunities in relationships, more opportunities to learn, not only a new language, but a new culture, more yeah. opportunities to expand and be able to say, I can be anything I wanted to instead of my parents that had to do their parents' business, which my father was not happy because of that. You know, he wanted to do something else, but he felt forced. He needed to go into the family business. So that always kept me very excited. But then it wasn't as I was older that I realized that individuals that have multiple cultures expand their market share. Because mm. my, I speak different languages, but just with Spanish, let's take Spanish language. Yeah. I all of a sudden have a huge market that I can market because I speak the language, I understand the culture. So not That's only can I market the American market in the English language, but I can market the Spanish language in the uh, Latin American culture. And not only in the United States, but all of the countries wow. underneath it. So that's the value of uh, being an immigrant. Being yeah. an immigrant to me is one of the greatest opportunities because you learn to deal with adversity. You learn mm -hmm. to deal with challenges. You learn to deal with judgment. You learn to deal with criticism. And you realize none of that matters. What really matters is how I see myself. And Absolutely. I always saw myself as having more than most people that were around me. So I always felt blessed. I always felt grateful instead of being victimized. Yeah. So in many ways, it's like you have an inner drive within you from that first day you go to a country like the US or the UK and you have to make the most of it. It's, it's very interesting that, you know, it, it, you become accustomed to a different way of seeing things like, oh, everything is out there for you to tap into and to, to, to explore and to see how you can get involved. And it's very, very, as I mentioned, it, it resonates with my story. Thank you so much for sharing uh, 
a yeah. bit of your experience here. Um, so now I'm a life sciences student and I'm aware that you, as, as I hinted earlier in the introduction, you are an expert of health. You, you are the whiz of health. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm curious to see what your perspective is on uh, the necessity of a healthy balance and lifestyle for younger people who might think that, you know, illness only can strike older people, you know, yeah. it, it can never reach them. What, what is your view on this? So my journey uh, and my desire to go into the healthcare industry is because I realized that of all the, uh, the values that we have, our health is our number one, should be our number one value because it's the one thing that impacts every area of our lives. It's very hard to be faithful in any religion yeah. if your health suffers. I mean, mm -hmm. if you go to a hospital, I worked in two hospitals, and you talk to somebody that is terminally ill or is very struggling or lives with a lot of pain, very hard for them to have faith mm -hmm. because they feel like God has not taken care of them. They feel victimized. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult to have a great relationship with a partner if your health suffers. Why? Because you won't be able to do things they want to do with you. Yeah, you won't be able to make love to them the way you want to make love to them. They won't be able mm. to travel with them. They won't be able to go on date night. You won't be able to do fun things like hiking and swimming, etc. You know, right. um, yeah. To work, imagine working and you're sick. You can't maximize your potential at work if you're not healthy. You know, because Absolutely. you're going to be calling in sick. You're going to be making excuses that I have a headache, my back hurts too much. I can't come to the meeting. I can't do that uh, trade show. I can't attend that event uh, all because your health. So what I realized is that I needed to make health a priority and I wanted to spend the rest of my life inspiring people to make health a priority. But it got better than that. Mm -hmm. I started really studying what made people sick. I realized that we have what we call chronic illnesses. Those mm. are your heart disease, yeah. arthritis, diabetes, obesity, uh, and uh, many of those Th conditions. Those things that stay there for good <laughs> and don't so want to chronic leave your means body. that people have it for a long period yeah. of time, right? They know, there's no cure per se. But what I realized is that over 70% or more of those conditions can be prevented or even resolve wow. simply changing the way we look at them Incredible. and how we behave. So that's the reason I became a doctor of chiropractic. I wanted to spend my life preventing illness. I wanted people to be able to live life to the fullest. And the number one cause for all of those illnesses, guess what it is? Mm, negative thinking. Um, just strikes me as the best answer. That's part of it. But it's our lifestyle choices, which right. includes the mind. The mind is part of our lifestyle choices, right? So mm. when we wake up every day, we can choose to think positive or think negatively. We can right. choose to look at something as a blessing or as a curse. We can choose to be able to treat people with love and kindness or mistrust people and not even like them. Wow. You know, that's all a choice. So I call that the mindset 
lifestyle choice. Now, the other, which is about, that's only about 30% in my estimation, but 70% is what we do every day. Mm. You know, people know that if they would eat a little bit better, they could be healthier, but why don't they eat better? They, they know just it. don't see the incentives now. They just think that, you know, for now they will be safe and there is right. no reason to take Especially care of Especially when we're young, right? Yeah, exactly. When we're young, we feel we can drink all we want and we're, our bodies are going to be fine. We can eat all we want and our bodies are going to be fine. We it's, can uh, experiment so with drugs yeah. all we want and our bodies are going to be fine. But you know what? This is how I look at the body. So let's say that you own a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Yeah. And I own a Ferrari and a Lamborghini, right? If you look at your body as a high performance car and you go to the gas station, when you pull the gas, which gas are you going to choose? Yes, exactly. You have to think about the best quality, um, you know, it's, it's a no brainer, but for us in our daily lives. It's difficult, really... right? So if I'm a car, I'm going to choose, right? If I have a Ferrari or Lamborghini, I'm going to choose the best gasoline that I can find. Mm. I'm going to make sure that my car is being serviced properly because I know that if I don't have the proper oils and the proper service, my car is going to break down and I pay too much money for it. So what I envision, what the metaphor that I like to use, think of your mouth as a flap of your gas. When that flaps opens and you're going to put the gas, everything you put in your mouth should be always what's best for your cars, for your Ferrari, for your body, mm. right? So when it comes to food, try to use food that is whole, whole foods like vegetables and fruits instead of processed foods. That's a basic rule. Absolutely. Try to drink more water instead of the carbonated water or the sodas or the alcohol or all the fruit juices that have a high content of sugar. Try to make sure that you stay away from uh, foods that are very detrimental for the body or things mm -hmm. that are very detrimental to the body. Now, as a human being, right, if I was a car, I would do that. But right. the problem is this. In a car, even if I put the, the cheapest and the least expensive gasoline, even if I never take it on service and do the proper oil, Mm -hmm. I can always trade my car in. I can always get another car. Wow. But this body is all you get. Irreplaceable, yes. You know, the average person is supposed to live past 140 years old, genetically. And the That's average, the potential. Uh, yeah, and the average uh, person dies somewhere in the 80s, early 80s, mm -hmm. you know? So that means that the reason that most of us are not living to our potential age is because of the behaviors that we have, mm. what we're feeding our body, what we're putting inside of our body. So if you think of yourself as a very high, high expensive car that you cannot trade in, you're gonna take care of it. It's like having a classic car that you know that there's only one like that in the world. You're gonna yeah. really, really take care of it. But most people, they spend better care on other things that don't matter, but then feed this body. It's I mean, so it's true. so interesting. Sometimes people will say to me, they drink a lot of sodas, right? You know, mm -hmm. and I would tell them, would you 
give your pet that soda? Would you give your dog that soda? And they said, oh no, that will hurt them. That's the well, first exactly. thing they said. <laughs> when have you ever seen an owner give a soda to a dog or a cat? But they will consume it all day long, even though it has over 24 grams of sugar in one drink. Incredible. I mean, it's, 24 it's grams, absurd, imagine yes. you have a sugar bowl and you take 24 teaspoons. Wow. That's how much it is. Uh, and that's what you're consuming in each one of them. Now, some people take a liter and wow. they drink one yes, or two sure. a day. And that's the reason why obesity has become one of our biggest epidemics in the world, that people are really, 80% of the world is obese. And wow. that should never be, you know? It's, it's so avoidable. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's up to us, really, to every one of us. It's in our hands um, to take care of our personal health instead of getting distracted, you know, going back to that villain from earlier, you know. So this is, this is what focused. I suggest. Yeah. What I suggest is very simple. When you find people in your life, which all of them have them, that you feel are really healthy, ask them. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what you do every day. How many, hours, of sleep, yeah. how many hours of sleep do you get? How much time in the sun do you get? These are very healthy yeah. things to do. Do you take, uh, what do you eat? You know, when do you eat? Yeah. Uh, do you take any supplements, any vitamins or minerals or something that will help your body be healthier? Uh, what other exercises do you do to keep your yeah. body fit? Uh, and then I interview them and I start putting a list of what I call the healthiest behaviors. And then mm. you get to pick the ones that resonate with you. Maybe you're not going to do everything, but maybe you're going to do a little bit more of a better workout today. Instead of getting on a treadmill for an hour, maybe I'm going to do a high intensity workout. Mm. I'm going to go hard on the treadmill for one minute. I'm going to rest one minute. I'm going to go hard for one minute. I'm going to rest one minute. And I'm going to do that 10 times. That will give you a better workout than if you actually stay an hour on a treadmill. Absolutely. You see how, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you want to learn from the people that are doing it. It definitely work. And, it, it, you know, without having that sort of, you know, healthy state for ourselves, there's no way we can do well for ourselves in life. In some, when it comes to, you know, getting that business idea out of us and implementing all the, the, the activities that we need to uh, reach that goal that we have, it's going to be impossible without the right, you know, carb within us in a way. So I'd like to know more about how you personally incorporated your chiropractic expertise in an entrepreneurial way. Like, how do these two worlds get along? Well, it's interesting because chiropractors are the leaders of natural health. Yeah. Uh, and especially in the United States. Uh, so... For me, what I realized that 80% of the people out there do not live a natural holistic life. Mm. They wake up every day, they go to a medical doctor, they take medicine every day whenever they have a symptom and that's their life. What I'm trying to do is tell you, hey, listen, your body is already designed to heal itself. You have mm. everything in your body 100%. to heal. 100%, yes. Number two, you know, if you pay attention to your systems. Your nervous system is very important. And the reason that we adjust your spine is because we impact the nervous system so you can be healthier. And number three, 
instead of chasing symptoms and taking this for that and that for this, what about finding what the root cause of the problem is? Instead what of just created catching, this yes. Right. There had to be a cause to this problem. So those are the three things that I started really uh, learning about it. Uh, so let's talk about business because this is very important. So the one thing that I learned, mm -hmm. any business you're in, especially if you're starting your own business, et cetera, I think it's important to do a couple of things. Number one is to be careful that other people's ideas don't become greater than your ideas. This is a mm -hmm. very important lesson that I learned. Competition. I find that the wisdom of the world lives inside of us. That when we are quiet, that's why meditation is so important. When we are quiet, we get to listen to that little voice because it whispers. Right. The problem is most of us allow outer voices to be louder than our inner voices. So therefore, we get distracted. We get pulled in every direction, you know, and that does not help us because then that does not build our confidence mm -hmm. and our certainty. And that is critical for our success. We need to believe. We need to know that I'm in the right spot at the right time and I'm doing exactly what I was born to do. When you get to that point, nothing will ever stop you. Wow. But what happens? Most people go into the business because they think they're going to make X amount of money. It's a good business opportunity. I always found that the best money, the biggest money always come from providing the greatest value to humanity. Mm. So you always focus on the service and the value that you give rather than making the money. The money is a byproduct of your service is the way one of my mentors taught me and I've never forgotten that. So that's very important to understand. So you don't focus all your energy in how you're gonna make more money. Mm. No, you focus all your energy in how you're going to help those customers more than they ever anticipated. And if that means one great service, great. If that means adding two or three or four more services, great. So you'll, they'll buy one service from you and then they're going to buy another one and then they're going to buy another one because you are obsessed, obsessed with the ability to bring value to your customer. So that is, I learned that from Richard Branson. When I met mm. Richard Branson, I asked him what was, in, in his opinion, what was the, the foundation for his success? And he says, I never go into business in an industry that I don't think I can do it better than the current person that is doing it. And that's how he's gotten into all these businesses. He goes and sees what everybody else is doing and he comes up with ways to bring more value to that customer therefore attracting more customers than the competitors. Wow. And I thought that was very wise, you know, and that's something that I truly believe myself. And then the well, other thing that I think we need to be careful as a young person is the fact that when we're young, we don't think we're capable of doing something great. So my formula has always been, I've always been very young in everything I've ever done. I've always been very, very young. But what I've done is I usually do a rule of three interviews to a successful person in that industry that has done what I'm about to do. Mm. So let's say I'm going to open a restaurant and I want to interview three of the most successful people I can find that will teach me what they did 
So that way I can learn from them and then make sure that I'm more successful than if I was to try to do it by myself. Wow. So some of those questions are, you know, what were you doing before you started your restaurant? Because you want to know people's past and what led them to their mm -hmm. current uh, position. Uh, what was your biggest mistake when you first opened your restaurant? What was your biggest success in opening your restaurant? You know, how did you manage financial challenges when they came your way? That's a very good question to ask because mm. there are many creative ways to manage financial challenges. What do you wish somebody would have told you knowing what you know right now before you open your restaurant? Interesting. Great question to ask. Yeah. What would you tell me that I'm just getting started that will be your greatest advice you can give me uh, in starting my own restaurant? Uh, what do you envision the future of this industry over the next 10 years? That's very good to learn to ask also because you want to get people's perspective as to a, as an industry. Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is it having challenges or not? So one of the greatest things that I would encourage you if you're thinking about opening your business, et cetera, mm -hmm. is to go ahead and interview at least three people. Now, one of the ways to get those people to talk to you, and this is is you can say, look, I have a podcast and I, I would like to interview you because of your success. Or I'm writing a book and I would like to be able to ask you a few questions yeah. that will help me make that book even better. And I will give you credit for everything you say to me. People love that. People love to share. Or yeah. you can say, listen, I know you don't know me. My name is so-and-so. I'm opening a new restaurant. Um, you are one of the most successful people that I know in this field. Would you mind taking 15 minutes uh, to answer a couple of my questions? Uh, because I truly want to be successful and I want to learn from the best. When yeah, you say yeah. that to somebody, who's going to say no to you? Honestly, I am witnessing this right now. And our listeners will also be, you know, benefiting from, you know, learning from the best chef of health out there. So in, I, I'm really uh, grateful for this time and I'm, I'm truly uh, confident that uh, everyone listening will actually appreciate all these pearls of wisdom and your experience as well. Um, one uh, last thing I would say, yeah. one last question I'd have, going back to your, your, uh, your previous experiences when you were younger. Yeah. Um, what were the, the key habits that you would say set you up for success later in life, you know, in your early days yeah. when you probably just started your, you know, chiropractic? Yeah. And what, what were those habits? Well, you know, I observed a lot of successful people. I interviewed a lot of successful people mm. and I had mentors that I also learned from. Uh, the number one habit that I've learned is that the people that wake up the earliest are usually the most successful people in the world. That's simple. Wake up early. Wow. Makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you wake up early, you get to spend time with you. And that is the second thing I've learned. The first hour of the day should be about nurturing you in Meditation, every way that you can. I'm assuming... Uh, so, so when, you're, you're yeah, when I wake meditation. up, yeah. So when I wake up, I have a routine. 
in that hour that I spend 20, 25 minutes working out always mm -hmm. first thing in the morning because you have to change your physiology from sleep to activity mm. and working out is one of the best ways to do that. When you work out, listen to positive uh, YouTube videos, positive podcasts, positive interviews on the subject matter that you're trying to master. This is very important. Find all the resources, trainings that you can find, audiobooks and learn while you're working out. 20, 25 minutes a day as I'm doing my exercise that I'm feeding my mind with ideas with some of the most successful people in my industry. That's yeah. also been very, very instrumental. Then I like to do a quiet time, uh, inspirational time. That could be where you read something very inspirational. It could be something where you meditate and just mm -hmm. listen to an audio meditation or you can actually be in silence and learn to listen to yourself, to that little voice mm. I spoke about earlier, you know? And, and then this is something I learned from Brian Tracy is successful people write their goals every day, not once a year. Every day you have to rewrite your goals. So I sit down and I write my goals for that day. What are my priorities for that day? And I try to keep it to three to five things. What are three to five things that I want to accomplish today? And mm. I make it very specific. Now, I may have my long-term goals of what I want to accomplish in a month, three months, a year. But that day, I rewrite my goals. Based on my goals, what am I going to accomplish today? Right. This is invaluable. This is one of the best lessons that I've learned over the years because what that does is that it sets my day with an intention for what I must do rather than what most people do. They wake up, they pick up their phone, they wanna start mm. going into social media, other people's agenda, right? If yeah. you don't have your agenda full for the day, then your agenda will become somebody else's agenda, which means you won't achieve your goals and your objectives. Because you'll spend your time being busy, but not being effective in what you said you were mm. gonna do. So what I train my, my, the mentees that I have is that every day they must have an agenda that is packed. So if yeah. I called you and I say, hey, listen, uh, I really need some help with this. You can look at your agenda and you can say, hey, there's nothing more that I would love to help you but I have a full agenda back to back today, mm -hmm. but I finish at five o'clock. If, if we can wait until five o'clock, I would love to be able to help you then. You know what most people do? They'll find somebody else's agenda that has an agenda that's empty and that person will be the one getting distracted from their goals. Mm. Wow. But so if they do need you, at least you give them the opportunity to be able to add it yeah, to yeah. a space so, that was not already occupied. You are willing to offer that help, but at the same time, the focus is in keeping yourself accountable to achieving your goals because that is a priority, right? And well, most people that complain about not being successful is that they feel overwhelmed being so busy with other people's mm. issues. But then I said, whoever made it so you can still be helpful. I mean, you can still be there for your yeah. spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You can still be there for your children. You can still be there for your community. Mm. You're just not going to do it at the time that I'm supposed to be doing my goals. 
exactly. where I'm supposed to be oh. working, especially entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs work for themselves, who are those are the ones that get distracted the most because they don't have an agenda that's clear. They don't have an agenda that's full. So other people's agendas start pulling you every day. And all of a sudden you go here, you go there, and you end up not being effective and therefore being frustrated that this business is not working when in reality, your business is an extension of you. I wow. learned, and I've managed many businesses and I own four companies right now. I learned that if my business is not working, it's typically not because of anything related to the business, but because there's something going on with me. Mm. I always start with me. Is there something going on with me that could be impacting my business? I, I give you an example. I had a client that told me that, uh, you know, she's been breaking records working with me. She's so happy, excited. Yeah. But then she had a down month. So in our monthly call, I asked her questions and she was telling me everything going on around her. But then I said, I've learned that typically when my business is not working, there may be something going on with me. Is there something going on with you? And then she broke down. She says, I'm thinking about leaving my husband. He cannot take that I'm more successful wow. than him. Uh, he's becoming abusive. Uh, and I think I need to leave the house. I've been looking for a second place, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, so first of all, you need to resolve that and don't blame your business for the problem because your business is an extension of you. So, yeah. what do we, so I shift everything from a business talk into a personal talk. And we talked about how to solve her situation, how to make sure her husband Incredible. feels, uh, you know, part of her business and her success rather than, you know, demeaning her success because as a man, he can't take that he's making half yeah. the salary that she's making. There's, there's always the sense of, you know, oh, I, I need to be outperforming my wife. Right. Or... I know. Definitely. And it's yeah, a problem it's... with a lot of men. So what right. happened is within the next month, I talked to her, her business had gone even higher than the previous month that when it went out. Right. And she learned the lesson. I need to look at me before I start blaming others for my lack of success. Incredible. That is, you know, introspective is the key. I think that th there is no better way to, you know, give this first episode uh, a goodbye and to, to sort of uh, think about how we ourselves in our daily lives can become more thoughtful of you know, uh, what, what we do and what we think and what we eat. Because at the end of the day, that's going to make or break our success in life. And for, you know, young people like myself, that is key. We are at that critical moment where we can't afford as many mistakes as we were younger or as many mistakes as we can afford later in life, I guess. So thank you so much for giving those, you know, hints and some sort of, tricks for us to not get distracted first of all and be more disciplined and uh, just you know trying to be more proactive and more engaging in a, in a in a healthy way thank you so much dr mancini it was thank you a great privilege well and so next much. time next time you're gonna eat something 
ask yourself the question, is this good gas, gasoline or bad gasoline? Is this gonna help me be better, function better, be able to drive my Ferrari better than ever? Or is it actually gonna hurt me and be able to not do that? And when it comes to your business, understand that the pandemic has created more opportunity in the world than ever. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the greatest wealth in the world has always been made during chaos. The world is in chaos, but I want you to not think about making money. I want you to think about providing great value. Mm -hmm. And if you can find a great value of whatever your passion is, doesn't matter what it is, do your research, find out what your competitors are doing, like Richard Branson said, and find be better ways to provide value. And then let, it, let the values be able to be able to be the word of mouth that goes out there and said, you got to work with this person. I've never worked with anybody that's given me so much, <laughs> you know, and that's really what we want to create in our businesses. And don't let the circumstances or other people's agenda distract you. Stay focused, stay disciplined, and realize that your business is an extension of you. So take care of it, nurture it, you know, wow. treat it well. And then all of a sudden, you will benefit from all the wonderful things that happens when you have success in your life. Thank you so much, Dr. Fabrizio. It's, wow, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Um, I have to leave it there. It's just, uh, you know, definitely myself. I will think about that car, uh, you know, uh, anecdote you just brought up. Every time I eat for now, and I'm pretty sure most of our listeners will do too. Thank you once again. It was great pleasure. This was our first, very first episode. And I had, you know, the greatest time with Dr. Mancini. And I'm pretty sure you have too. I'll see you on the next episode with our next guest. Thank you so much.